song. Going to die. Bill 
Great wife also came out to say that we will see Africans die on the street. They make proclamations over you, an African. They look at you, you are alive. You are kicking. The Lord has been good to you. You and your family. No one has recorded any symptom. Even if you recorded, he healed you. The Lord has been good to you. That's all we are singing. That is all our song. That is all we are saying. The Lord has been good to us. His mercies endure it forever. They are new unto us every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. Great is his faithfulness. He has been good to you.
of God, we've, we have life, we are well, we are kicking, the grace of God is upon us, and we are seeing length of days, hallelujah. The enemy thought it to harm us, but the Lord did not permit it to be so, because the Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever, hallelujah. And this morning, I want to continue with the topic I was dealing with. Uh, talking about the benevolence of God or a case. Basically, the topic is a case for God's goodness. A case for God's goodness. A lot of people don't know and don't believe. In fact, they don't understand that the Bible says that God is good and in him there is no evil. Hallelujah. And so I want to build a case to defend God in your eyes. So that whatever you do, you will know that indeed God is good. God blesses and when he blesses, he blesses permanently. He does not do it half and half. He does it wholeheartedly and wholly. And when it happens that way, it gives you the confidence to access the blessings of the Lord. Because you are not worried about him not blessing you. But you have a confidence to approach him. And basically, imagine if you have a rich dad a willing dad, yet a servant comes to you and says, I just had a, con a conversation with your dad and your dad is really, really angry with you. In fact, he, he, he has sworn to disown you. What that servant has done is this. It is to create a false idea about who your dad is. And basically, that is what the devil has done to a lot of believers. I'm talking about believers number one, and then I'll move from the believer to unbelievers and human beings in general. 
People have this mindset about God that God is wicked. God is here to punish. God is not ready to bless. He is a wicked God. He wants to destroy. But we know that that is not the case. The case here is that God is loving. God cares. And God wants to bless. And so if you connect yourself to God in this understanding, you find out that you are the one who is working in the blessing of the Lord. You are not the one disadvantaged. You are not the one walking on the byways. No, you are in the direct path of God's blessing. Hallelujah. And this morning, that is what I seek to establish in the life of every believer. The ones watching us on Facebook, the ones listening to us on our internet radio, and the ones in this room currently. Hallelujah. Now, we have to understand that uh, in blessing is God's goodness revealed. If you will curse a person and that shows that you are loving, there is no blessing in that one. It doesn't show love at all. But to pardon, to have mercy, to show concern, to show grace and favor is what we regard as blessing. And so this morning, um, we'll go into scripture. But before then, I want to read some, some beautiful things I read from a certain theologian. He was expounding Psalm 145 from verse 8 to verse 9. And listen to what he says. Psalm 145. From verse 8 to verse 9. God's word is good. Psalm 145. From verse 8 to verse 9. He says, The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Not some of his works. All his works. Not some of his works. All his works. Now, when scripture talks, when Bible speaks, it selects words carefully so that you don't think God is mistaken or he's not sure of what he's saying. If you take your time to consider this scripture, you notice that it is a clear-cut statement and a strong one as that. It says, the Lord is gracious. So if you want to find out what the Lord is, what Yahweh is, who Jesus is, he is gracious. Now, when we say gracious, what does it mean? It means that to prefer, to have a liking for somebody, to look upon somebody with deep concern and care, and not only that, irrespective of the person's behavior, you still love the person. That is what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor and enabling power. So when you find out that grace is towards you because God is gracious, then you cannot approach him as though he's a wicked ruler, as though he's the devil. You must understand that God is loving. So when you go to God, see the loving aspect of who God is. Hallelujah. And this morning, these are some of the things I wish to plant in your heart. So that any day of your life, you can walk to a gracious God, knowing that he is gracious. And when we say God is gracious, it is not just that it is a title on him. He lives out his graciousness. Hallelujah. He lives out his graciousness. He says that the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. Listen, he's, he's compassion, compassionate. He has compassion. So when we say the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, in other words, he is not only gracious. In him, you can find full compassion. And you see, if, if you need compassion, can you really walk to God and say, Lord, I know I did wrong. I know I don't deserve right. I know I've done something really, really bad. But look upon me with compassion. What does that mean? It means that you are seeking the hand of God that is supposed to look past your, 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 your wrongdoing. Look past the, the, the things you have done that you know are against you. And tell him, Lord, correct it for me even though I know I did wrong. This is a certain aspect of God that a lot of people don't know. And so they create a certain picture about God 
as though God is a wicked God, a wicked father, a God who doesn't care about his creation. No. Everything he created, he created perfectly. And even the ugly ones, the ones in our eyes we call ugly, they are perfectly uniform. In fact, I know nobody likes cockroaches. Well, a few people do, and they are weird, I think. But you cannot find another cockroach and feel like this one is a weird creation from another. All cockroaches look as alike. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say is that there is a perfect creation. When, when you look at a certain creation or a certain species, group of species, you find God's perfect creation in there. For example, you take the reindeer or you take, a, let's say, a parrot or you take a, a hippo or even take a rhinoceros. You see a certain kind of creature that was perfectly molded. It was molded to be in a certain way, meaning that the creator had a purpose for that creation. Likewise, you human beings, or all of us, I mean, you have to understand that we're created to be a peculiar kind of species, a, a kind that will talk and God will hear. You know, the Bible says that the birds of the air, they don't store up in bands because they cannot farm for them to harvest thereby store up in bands. However, your heavenly father, your father feeds them. So the birds of the air, they fly about, they pick on insects and all of that. Even the God provides for them. Then he goes on to, how much more you? Hallelujah. So you have to understand that God has made us to enjoy his best. Not that he wants us to see pain and calamity. Now, I'm saying this to get to this point, that there are a lot of people in this world, this world, who are not born again, who are not Christ, in Christ. They are not Christ-like, and they are not in Christ. And because they, don't, they are not in the family of God, they are not part of the generation of the righteous, they have a notion who God is or how God must be. And when it happens that way, it brings God into a certain kind of place in the eyes of men and that is what i want to attack this morning if you don't know the god we serve take your time find out who he is and then you can now talk about him if you have not experienced his love you cannot talk about the fact that he's not loving if you are not if you have not experienced his grace you cannot say he's not gracious if you have not experienced compassion from him you cannot say he's not compassionate or he has no heart for 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 mankind for this scripture tells me that the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger. Slow, slow. The word is slow. In that, he gets angry, but he's slow to it. And great in mercy. In other words, the day he decides to show mercy, it doesn't come in bite size. It comes in giant size. Gigabits. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He, he also says that the Lord is good to all. The, the Lord is what? Good to all, not some. So you see, the fact that you've not experienced the goodness of the Lord does not mean that the Lord is not good. For he is good to all. The Lord is good to all. So this morning, I came to tell you that God is good to all. Never ever think God is not good. He is good to all. He is, in fact, he loves all. Hallelujah. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Over what? Please, over the sea. His tender mercy is stretched there. Hallelujah. Over the ridge of the mountains, his tender mercies are there. When you go into the clefts of the mountain, his tender mercies are there. You see, I'm building a case for God for, for you to know that. Is it mercy you require? Walk to him. He will give you that mercy. Is it grace you require? Walk to him. He will be gracious to you. Is it compassion? Is it a heartfelt, tender, loving touch from a God or a father you require? He will give you exactly that. Never ever limit God in your eyes. Thinking that God is this, God is that, or God is not this, God is not that. He is a perfect creator. He is a perfect God who deals with his own in a perfect way. Hallelujah. So, a lot of people have this mindset about God. And I want to change it this morning. All his works are perfect. All his works, not some. And his eyes are over all his works. 
his goodness, his tender mercies are over all his works. Over all. So whilst you are cutting the mountain, his tender mercies over the mountain. Hallelujah. Whilst you are digging the earth, his tender mercies are over the earth. Oh, but they don't feel anything. Yes, I understand. They don't feel anything. However, it does not mean that they are not there to feel. Hallelujah. You see, it, 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 they also represent God's glory, God's ability on the earth. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good to all men, not some, all men, all men, all men, all men, not some, all men. Hallelujah. Say, put your hand on your chest. Say, the Lord is good to me. I am part of his good works and the Lord is good to me. He says, the Lord is good to all men and his mercies are over all his works. His mercies are over all. So not some, please. Never ever think that I have gone beyond repair. I have gone beyond God's grace. I have gone beyond God's compassion. A lot of people have preached a certain legalistic position with God that they think that that is the position of God. But when you walk with God, even in the time of the legal actions, even in the time of the law, there was a man who saw God's compassion. His name is David. Hallelujah. He's a wife snatcher and a husband killer. Hallelujah. Yet the Lord said, look at David, my delight, the one in whom I delight. Why? Because David said, your mercies are renewed over me every day, every morning. This is the God we are talking about. So when we say, when I say I'm building a case for God's goodness or God's benevolence, understand that I want to bring you to a place to know that anytime people are speaking ill about God and how good he is and because, how wicked he is because they cannot see his goodness, never join in. In fact, tell them about what the Lord has done for you. Let them know how gracious he has been to you. Let them know how compassionate he is towards you. Let them know that his mercies are stretched over you and everybody else. Hallelujah. So this is what the theologian said. He said, to all God's creations, there is, that is, he, he is kind and compassionate toward them. He is disposed and ready to do them good. There is not one of them who he is not ready and willing to bless. Not one whose happiness will not be agreeable to him. I like this part. He said, not one whose happiness is not agreeable to him or whose welfare he is not ready to promote. This is the God we're talking about. He's ready, he, he agrees with your happiness and he's ready to promote your welfare. Hallelujah. And if you understand God this way, why would you be worried about the circumstances of life? Besides, he has the whole world in the palm of his hands. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, in all that he has made, there is evidence that he is a kind and a benevolent God. And last time I made the example, I said, if every human being on the earth decides to have one fish a day, still, the following day, we'll still get some fishes to catch from the sea, from the lakes, and from everywhere. Science has made us to believe that the world cannot sustain itself. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that destroy the earth, no. I'm saying that the Lord who made the earth put in the replenishing mechanism so that the earth is able to renew itself. Look at your body. Your body is able to heal itself no matter how young or how old you are. It is, a, it is an intelligent creature. Your body itself, whether you know it or not, your body is building antibodies to fight bacteria and viruses. So you see, who made it that way? You cannot tell me that it was just coincidental. It was just a big bang accident. That there is a perfect routine of God's perfect recycling of a good thing in your body. No, God deliberately put it there so that you will see goodness and kindness from him. Listen, walk to God any day and take of his goodness. Let nobody stop you. Walk to his grace. Walk to his benevolence. Walk to, to his tender mercies and say, I have come to drink from your well of life. Hallelujah. When it happens that way, when men are saying that God is wicked, he's ready to kill, you say, oh no, I have experienced God's beauty, God's, God's awesomeness, and God's wonder. Hallelujah. There was a time that some, I met a group of people 
and they were speaking ill about their wives. My wife is disrespectful. My wife is like this. My wife, I'm just praying for her to die. Yes. You've not heard that one? Yes. Yes. I'm just, she's, she's, not, she's not submissive, so she would die. Jesus. The men who, who married the women, they, they claimed, you see, you don't understand the grace of the Lord. I'm not saying that the woman should act anyway, anyhow. No. I'm saying that when you claim you love, the Bible says love suffereth long. Your wife has not taken a knife to kill you. No. You just feel like she's dis disrespectful. There is a way to go about anything. And besides, who marries outside the confines of God? You can be in Christ. However, you've not submitted your marriage to him. You don't expect him to walk into your marriage and begin to change things and talk about things. He said, come to me. He said, call me. Why does he call for prayer? Because prayer is a time of intimacy and he enjoys it. So when you call on God, God is ready to bless you. But you have to come to him knowing that he's ready to bless. So these people were talking about their marriages. My marriage is bad. My girlfriend is this. My fiancé is this. And there were about eight people in all. And I said, Jesus, what are they doing to me? And they were, as they were speaking, a very dark aura started, I started feeling it. And then one of them made a mistake and asked me, what about you? They thought I was going to highlight my wife's bad side. Because everybody ha has got flaws. But guess what I said? I said, when I married my wife, my wife changed my course. Ah. When I said it, they said, hey, you, I think you, you, you married a blessed woman. We wish we had some of yours. Ah, Lord Tadibika Dabaha. And I said, you have it, it's just that you don't know. You don't know. But of course, they were seniors, so I couldn't say it to their face. Hallelujah. You see my point. You see, they couldn't see the goodness in their wives. Why? Because they have a bad experience of who their wives, their, their wives are. Or... They think that wives must be this way. So when they see a wife act, act in another way, they think that their wife is wrong. But let me put it to you this way. You see, how can such a man ever tell you that marriage can be good and marriage is sweet? Do you know what marriage is? Marriage brings you to a place to appreciate God's goodness and to understand that, hey, if you say you really want to be married, you have to understand the scripture that says that love suffered long. So if you, want, if you want somebody who can just love you and just love you for all your nonsense and is not ready to, to suffer long with you, please rethink your ways. Because marriage is a long journey. And guess what? As much as you think you are perfect, that is in that long run, you would demonstrate a lot of imperfections. However, God is constant. God is loving. God is straight and God cares. He does not shift. He does not shift from his position when he says i love you guess what he will break you down with his love you will, he will break you with his tender mercies he will break you with his compassion that is why the believer can never ever be disadvantaged i always say this why because when it comes to you you are the one the lord is dying for hallelujah and this is the truth so you see, as I build the case for God's benevolence, God's goodness, have this understanding. When men say God is wicked, God is bad, and he's ready to kill, he's ready to destroy, say, oh, I don't know him in that light. <laughs> I only know his goodness. How he gives me 1,000 and adds another 2,000. Ah, say it to them. They want it to be practical. Oh, yesterday, I didn't know. In the afternoon, I had a, a fine bowl of rice. In the evening, he added tea. Because I didn't feel like eating heavy, so he gave me tea. You see, all these things, they are minor, you understand. However, they demonstrate your acknowledgement of him. You want to get a Ferrari, then you can say, ah, the Lord gave me a Ferrari. What about the tea? What about the pen? You see, don't, don't highlight the big and, and, and exclude the, the small ones. They, they all come up together to show his benevolence. Hallelujah. So look at this theologian as he wrote the thing. I enjoyed reading it, so I decided to capture it and come and tell you. Hallelujah. Listen to, he goes on to say, in all that he has made, there is evidence that he is a kind and benevolent God. He has a heart to love, to bless what he has made. He has a heart to love and to bless what he has made. Think about it. He has the heart to love 
and to bless the thing he has created. So, I mean, there is, there is this a million chances in life that anybody can cross the street at any day and die in that instant. However, we make our plans and we say, tomorrow, I'll go here. Two years to come. <laughs> we project and we say, 10 years plan. Vision 2020. 2020 is here. Hallelujah. You see, then you have to understand that there is this mighty hand that turns the clock. Look, he said the sun will govern the day and the moon will govern the night. They have never switched places. The moon will say to the sun, do overtime small for me. Moon, today do overtime. No, no. He has set it in motion. Everything falls in line. This is the God we serve. Hallelujah. So when it happens that you come to a place where you are stuck, life's challenges begin to hit you. Pause, pause, pause. Don't be worried. Pause. Please pause. Reorder yourself in the light of his goodness. Begin to say to yourself, I expect good this day. God is a good God. I expect grace this day. God is a gracious God. Take your time. You see, Christianity is not the shouting. Shouting is part. <laughs> shouting is part. I think that is what some people don't get. But after you shout, learn to have the place of silence also or calmness. Because it's sometimes in the day of trouble, that's not the time to shout. Sometimes too, you must shout. But there are times where you have to reassure yourself. I'm the one he loves. I'm the one he loves. His seal, is up, his seal is upon my heart. And I live for the one I love. Why? Because he loves me. Hallelujah. When it happens that way, you are sure of the next move. You are sure. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me continue reading. He says, He is. He has a heart to, to love and to bless what he has made. Everywhere. Everywhere, arrangements are made for happiness. He is not disposed to cast off the feeble. Oh, <laughs> listen, listen. He is not disposed to cut off the feeble. Don't be a weak person and think that he is that kind of bully who would rather pick on you. No. He, in fact, he says, let the weak say, I am. Ah, this is the God who loves. Hallelujah. He says that the erring and the suffering... He is willing to receive back again those who have wandered from him to pardon the offending, to wipe away the tears of the sorrowful. This is the gracious God we are talking about. How would you not come close to him? Listen, let everybody talk ill about God, not you, because you are the one he's ready to bless. You are the one he's ready to show love. I said, you are the one he's ready to show that he's a God over. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Psalm 80, 86 verse 5. Psalm 86 verse 5. Look at how good God is. He says, for you, Lord, are good. <laughs> I said, I'm building a case for God's goodness. For you, Lord, are good. And do you know this word good? It is the word that shows that I am ready to be your defender anytime. I am ready to make sure that you prosper anytime. I am the one, if, if everybody would turn our, our, away from you, I will be the person who will be good to you. So because of my actions, you will call me good. That is what the word good means in Hebrew. And look at something. He says, for you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. To all those who do what? You see, that is why, that is what a lot of people don't get. They keep asking a question, if God is so good, how come children have got cancer? Even Christians have got cancer. The ones who call upon him. But it does not mean that it is his will to, to put them in that state of illness. He said, call on me, call upon me. When you call on him in faith, he answers. Now, you know, this is where Christianity comes up. The Bible talks about 
we moving from faith to faith. It is not a progression of faith. It is the disposition of faith. Living in a place of faith where we used to believe in our senses, in our abilities and those things. And then we move from that place into a place where our faith is reliant on God alone. That is what he means by faith to faith. So now you are in the faith of Jesus Christ. In that faith, this is what you must do. You must now acknowledge that he is the all in all over your life. And that when you need healing, he is the one who is ready to provide it. Now, a lot of people demonstrate some level of faith, but you see that they, they, they don't carry it out to the end. And that is, my wife was telling me last time, she said, hold on to your confession. Have you confessed good? You've confessed, right? That is the projection of your faith. The sustaining of your work of faith is holding on to that which you've projected by your words. So you see, there is a faith that you must live by. It is the faith in Christ Jesus. It is tried faith. It is tested faith. And it always brings back a result. However, you must hold on to that faith. Hold on to that, that confession. Stand firm in it. In other words, be immovable. Hallelujah. Now, they try to say that, what about somebody who is not a believer, but the person is sick? And I explained last week, I said, the devil is the one ruling this world, and he's killing people. His mind is to destroy this world, this practical world. He will destroy everything in it. The Bible says that, in fact, he's been withheld because of the church upon the earth. So, you see, when the Lord says, call upon me, he, it is a relationship he's looking for. It looks like this is a God who loves, however, yearns to be loved. So he, he loves, but he wants you to love him. Please, let's find it in our hearts. Let's find it in ourselves to love him. In loving God, we show that we are his and his ours. Hallelujah. When we love him, you, you, are, you find out that you are the one he's ready to die for. And I keep asking a question. Why should the Lord visit your house? He's loving. He's compassionate. He, he has true blessing. But why should he visit your house? Yet another man, before he calls, the Lord is there. In fact, some people don't even call. The Lord is permanently there. Why? Find out why. We'll leave, we'll leave, I'll leave that one for another topic. But today he says, for you, Lord, are good, simple, and ready to forgive, ready. So some people say, I have, I have over sinned. When I look at my level of sin, I'm similar to the devil. That's what they say. They think that they can be equated to the devil. In other words, there's no place for, for God to bring them back. No. The Bible says that the people who, the, the, the devil, who he sinned from the beginning, he was not pardoned. And that is his pain when it comes to mankind. That mankind has the place to be forgiven every time. And that is what hurts the devil. Hallelujah. So, this morning, have this mindset that you are the one the Lord wants to bless and you are the one he's good to. He said he's ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon him. So you see, it is your calling on him that shows the abundance of his mercy. Just call on him. Just call on him. I said it again. I said just call on him. When you call on him, his mercy will show forth. Hallelujah. Let's do another one. There are several scriptures that prove his goodness. In fact, I have got about 11 of them. Psalm 34, verse 8. Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste. In other words, ah, haven't you tasted? Oh, taste. So he, he calls you to the table of God. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, if he says taste and see, it means that he's not referring to a God of sight. He's not referring to a God of feeling. He's talking about taste. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So, after you, you taste, you realize, ah, no, no, God is good. Listen, God is bringing you to a place of tasting him. Some of you, you want nectar. He's ready to pour out nectar to you. Some of you, you want honey. Get ready for honey. Some of you, you like savory stuff, so you want grilled stuff. He's ready to give. Hallelujah. Some of you, you like cheesecake and all of that. Get ready. He's bringing it. Hallelujah. You see, the point is this. Whatever 
you've not tasted in God yet. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when you taste, you find goodness in God. Hallelujah. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man who does what? Trust in him. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. So when you trust in him, what are you doing? Just walk to him and taste. What? That's why I always say, when you preach faith and faith becomes difficult, if it, it becomes like a warfare when people have to trust God. He said, oh, taste. Lord, today, give me something to taste. You see, I want it to be practical. So when you come to you say, Lord, give me something to enjoy today. Give me something to enjoy today. Give me something to enjoy today. Let me taste your goodness today. You'll be amazed what will come your way. Hallelujah. So in God's goodness, tasting is revealed. I can taste God's goodness. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Again, he's good. He's good. Hallelujah. I say he's good. Praise the Lord. Oh. The Lord is good. That is why when you walk with God, you find out that God can, you can never be disadvantaged. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. Nahum. The Lord is good. You see, I chose scriptures that say the Lord is. God is. You get it? So, when you see the Lord is good. For example, when I say this thing is bad, you don't expect any good from it. Hallelujah. But when we say the Lord is good, it means you cannot expect bad from the good thing. God is just good. The Lord is good. Now listen to something. A stronghold in the day of trouble. So in the day of trouble, the good God will be a stronghold for you. And he knows those who trust in him. There was a time that a certain group of believers also made us feel a certain way that when you walk with God and you pray, you pray, you pray to a certain level, now he begins to just forget about you. It's like, ah, you exist, I get you. In fact, sometimes they, they make you think that when you are in trouble, God does not care about you. There was a certain Christianity that was revealed some years ago and it, it painted a very, very horrible picture about God. I don't know whether they didn't see some of the scriptures or they didn't believe what they read. He said, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. I remember a sister said one day, we have been praying for many years. We've not gotten what we are looking for. It looks like God, he won't give it to us. I remember when I joined the, a prayer band, the intercessory department, I was young. And we went on a retreat. We were praying all night. We were on a, we were on a field in Tema. We were praying all night. And then, one of the leaders was supposed to speak to us, lead us in the time of prayer. And he made a statement. That thing worried me for years. He said, from the one I became a believer, I asked God for one thing. And he has not given it to me. And it looks like that thing, he's not going to give it to me. So do you know the picture I created? Now that I'm working with God, I may pray there are some things he will give to me, but there are others he will never ever give to me. It worried me for a long time. So I thought to myself, is this thing really real? To walk with God and see his goodness, is it really real? And then he started opening my eyes into scripture, into his goodness and into his benevolence. He said, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. 
can you enter into trouble knowing that you have a stronghold? What is a stronghold? It is an army word. For example, they will say, we entered the enemy's stronghold. It means that that is the place where they are, they are danced. Their strength is located there. That is where the troops are. So when, when you say, I entered the, the enemy's stronghold, you have to understand that you've entered the place where you are going to be defeated. But guess what? The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. So in the day where you need God to be your stronghold, that army that stands by you, in that day you will find him. And he knows those who trust him. Never ever say, I've been trusting God. It looks like he doesn't care. I've been praying. It has fallen on deaf ears. No, 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 no. No, no. He knows. This scripture, you cannot tell me it is Old Testament. Though. Because when we say God is, it didn't say God is under the old or God is under the new. It, he's revealing who God is. He said, I am the Lord your God. I change not. Meaning that he does not know, he does not change because he has a, 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 a time or a season. Either in time or out of time, he remains the same. Whether the season of blessing has come or not, he remains the same. Whether you're experiencing a mediocre life, a life of pain or not, he remains the same. So your position is to change your perspective of who God is and begin to view him in the light of his goodness and his love. It is you. It is not him. It is you. You get what I'm saying? It is you. You can't put it on him because he has explained who he is to you. So when it happens that you find out that your heart is not settled on him, your heart is shifting, your heart is not able to follow him the way you are supposed to go, know that it is not God. Know it from today. It is not God. His position is straight and it is firm. It is a pillar of surety for the believer. So all you need to do is to bend yourself. In fact, bend your ways onto his straightness and find pleasure in him. He said, I am good. The Lord is good. And he knows those who trust him. Never tell me I trusted him in vain. God, creator of heaven and earth, you trusted him what? In vain? You, you just made a mistake. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you cannot tell me that God's nature has changed because he moved from the Old Testament to the New. Is the Lord our God. He changed now. The first time he ever encountered man, it was a time of blessing. It was never a time of rules. Hallelujah. He was, it was never ever a time of do's and don'ts. It was a time of enjoy your life. He made Adam, put him in the garden. Adam had never, he didn't know what a plant was. Yet the Lord gave him the ability to name. He named them, they became. That is goodness. God gave the power of creation to Adam. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm building a case for God's benevolence. Let's deal with one last scripture. Even though I have more to share. Hey, barabado, Let's do James chapter 1, 16 and 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of what? From the father of what? With whom there is no variable, there is no variation or shadow of turning. Every good gift, he said, don't be deceived. 
Some people have been deceived. Every do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Next verse. Let it be on verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down. Is from above and it comes where? Down. So the blessing of the Lord can come down on your head. The goodness of the Lord can come down on your head and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation. Variation means that you cannot find multiple characters in God. Do you understand? He does not vary because of circumstances. If he says, I have set my love towards you, he will not change because yesterday you lied. And a lot of us have been preached to with that kind of gospel. Because you, you spoke to the woman wrongly, God, you are cursed forever in the kingdom of God. I'm not saying that doing wrong becomes right. No, I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is that properly represent God's nature to his people. Don't misrepresent God. Don't present God to people as though he's a wicked God. He said, do not be deceived. Every good gift, every perfect gift come from above. And he's the father of lights with whom there is no variation, no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, there is no shadow of turning. Shadow means darkness, right? Shadows are never seen except light appears. Meaning that there is no light greater than him to cause him to have shadow. Do you have understanding? Do you understand what I mean? So there is no truth outside him that will reflect so much on him that it will show a certain aspect of lie in him. He's perfect in every sense. So when God says that there is no shadow of turning in him, there is nothing that will expose darkness of any sort in him, meaning that he's light and he's clean. And when he says variations, it means that you cannot find him in one type today saying what is right, another type saying what is wrong. What he says once remains forever. What he says today stands forever. Whatever he says now, he means it today. And it, he will continue to mean it the next time you meet him. He, once he remains, everything he says remains sure. So it is from above that he gives good gifts. If you ever have a, a gift that is good, never ever think it came from any man. Lava dosa dayava. I, I found out this understanding, so I, I live with it by life, that even if you give me a bottle of water, I will understand that it is the Lord who saw its fate for that bottle to come to me. If not, it wouldn't have come to me. Because for you to, to receive a gift just for being who you are, oh, it's a blessing from the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So please, never forget this scripture. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift good that which suits you perfect that which de is designed for you comes from above and it comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness or variation or shadow of turning hallelujah can you please rise up to your feet with me Praise his name for his goodness. Praise his name for his kindness. Praise him, praise him. Praise the Lord Jehovah God. Praise his name for his goodness. Praise his name for his kindness. Praise him. Praise him. Praise the Lord Jehovah God. Praise his name for his goodness. Praise his name for his kindness. 
praise Him. Praise the Lord Jehovah. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him. Praise the Lord Jehovah. Let's sing it again. Praise His name for His goodness. Praise His name for His kindness. Oh, praise Him. Praise Him. Praise the Lord Jehovah. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise the Lord Jehovah. revealed unto us one more time for we know that you are good God and that goodness which you are is directed towards us it does not shift places it does not go to the left or to the right once it is meant for us it locates us every day every time and every instant we thank you for your goodness that is in our lives we thank you for your grace that is abounding over us. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord, for your goodness over Grace Army Church, over those watching us over the internet, over those listening to us over the radio. We thank you, Lord, that your goodness is all about us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.